What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, my name is Tim Kroll, and I'm the co-host focused on the topic of leadership here on the B2B Made Simple podcast. We have an exciting conversation coming, so let's not waste any time and jump right in. Hey, welcome back. Today's topic, I kind of like this topic because it's a introduction to a word that sometimes we hate. And it's also a topic in regards to things that as a <laughs> flamboyant, visionary, kind of uh, extrovert, I am not a systems person, but Quincy is. <laughs> and she has, <laughs> she's definitely been able to build, she actually has two locations. So our topic today, let me be clear about that. Our topic today is about systems and accountability because you have to be able to hold people accountable with the systems that are put in place. And then that how that is how we actually are able to develop a better, stronger leader. Now, Quincy is a regional vice president for Prime America, has two locations, but think about this, the two locations, one is in New York and one is in California. So talk about having to go remote and having to train and teach leaders and be able to work on this. Their goal is to have four offices in California within the next, what was it, Quincy, three years or two years? I forgot, I'm sorry. Uh, next two years. Two years, so I have four offices in California the next two years, that's a major feat and it is all about what you said in the green room, we were talking, it's all about developing leaders, right? And having the systems and holding them accountable and allowing them and teaching them how to hold other people accountable. So I honestly can't wait. Let me just kind of dispel a little bit of doubt here before we jump in and hearing about your story, because to me personally, the word accountability has always been one of those, I don't want to talk about accountability because I always, <laughs> I always feel like the accountability if I put myself accountable to somebody else, it's like this iron fist that's going to come down on me and punish me. So let me dispel this. Yeah. Let me just start with this part of it because I want you to listen in. I want you to have an open mind, hear what Quincy is saying, because accountability is not just about a punishment. It's not just about a uh, the, the stick part of the carrot and the stick. It's not just about beating people up. There's a lot of encouragement, support. There is a little bit of admonition, but that's, that's different. So I, I'm going to let Quincy, <laughs> take it away in the aspect of let's start to hear about your journey, how you got to be where you're at, and then let's hear about this systems, the accountability, the lessons you've learned, and I'll turn the mic over to you. Great. Well, thank you so much, Tim, for, for having me. And, you know, this is something that none of us are masters at. Um, you know, if, uh, well, there are people that are masters at systems and, and accountability, but those people are wealthier, more successful than I am, but we're all getting better every day. And, and, you know, I heard a quote a few years ago that just changed my life. And we hear a lot of wisdom and in the business entrepreneur world, there's a lot of little nuggets where you could say, well, that changed my life and this is it. And this is all you need mm. for me. Someone told me, you don't fall, you don't rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. 
Mm. And I've always wait, wait, wait. Say that again. You got to say that again because somebody yeah. probably just missed it. They might have to rewind. But say that yeah. quote again. So you don't rise to the level of your goals; you'll fall to the level of your systems. And that just hit me right in the gut. And I was like, man, I've always had big goals. I've always had big dreams and a big vision. And there's nothing wrong with that. Here's the problem, though, is that we make emotional goals. We set an emotional decision when I'm feeling I'm feeling really high and I'm feeling really good about the business and our future. And I'm setting all these goals. Well, then what happens when you have that bad day? And what happens when your best guy quits on you and you lose the big sale you thought you had? Mm. Well, that's really when your true character shows. And most of us, our systems, they're not consistent enough. There's not a discipline there. A lot of them hinge on our emotions and our excitement. So when our, when some of that excitement falls or, you know, we, we have a really tough day, a really tough month, everything falls. And I, I don't know about you, Tim, I've experienced that time and time again, where, you know, you're up and you're down and, and entrepreneurship is an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> when, someone, when someone said that, I was like, you know what, that's, that's what we need. And it's easy, at least I won't speak for your business. My, I'm with Primerica Financial Services and, and my, but, but you don't have to be in financial services. You don't have to do what I do. Most businesses are easy to teach. It's, there's a reason there's a million personal development coaches out there. It's easy to tell people this is what you should be doing. <laughs> Have more discipline, be consistent, set your goals. It's easy to teach others. It is not easy to hold ourselves accountable. Mm-hmm. And I, for years, I've been telling my team, this is what you should do or make more sales or set more goals or have a clearer vision. And I really have to look my, had to look myself in the eye and say, am I doing this? Because the problem isn't my guys. The problem isn't my team. They need to make more sales. I need to get better. I need to have personal accountability I need to ask myself tough questions and answer them. I need to have systems in place. And if we're honest, most of us are, you know, are failing in a lot of our systems that we have. We're not doing what we need to do. So we need to get better. You know, we need to keep getting better. My husband and I just had a conversation this morning about we've got a young daughter. She's seven months old. We just were talking this morning. We've been struggling over the last few weeks about our schedule miscommunication. Oh, I thought you were working late tonight. No, I'm supposed to be working late tonight. So we, we literally maybe 30 minutes before we got on this uh, call, Tim, we just had a conversation this morning. We sat down and we're like, let's block out exactly what our week is going to look like. What day do you want to go in in the morning? What day do I want to work late? That's a system mm-hmm. planning out your schedule, having a block calendar, communicating with your business partner, which in my case, I'm lucky enough for that to be my husband most people, they just let life control them. They don't control their life. And they wonder why their business or their life is in shambles. You know, it starts with small systems every day. And we could talk a lot more about that. (laughs) I was just like, you have just opened up about three or four little rabbit holes that I'm trying to control myself to not go down. Um, Let me say this for the, for those that are listening, the one thing I can really tell you, and I've, I've used this word and maybe you can make it real simple. And I know Quincy, you're going to talk a little bit more in depth about this, but systems can be as simple as a daily activity sheet. That's as simple as a system can be. And Quincy, you're talking about, I love the fact that you're time blocking. That's another system. So don't think of systems as this big, huge Goliath type giant that you have to take down. It's starting with the small things. So I, I but I, I'm really curious, like, I, I want to hear a little bit more about this and where you, and what systems you've used and how you found them to be great in training leaders. Absolutely. And, and I, I'm glad that you said that because you're right. When we think about systems, 
it can be a little intimidating. So mm-hmm. I'll give you just a, I'll give people just a real small example. You know, we all, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not someone that likes to talk about COVID and masks, but we're all wearing masks, right? Well, a year ago, none of us had a mask in our car because there was no need to have that unless maybe you're a doctor or nurse. Well, now every single person in our country has a system to not forget their mask, whether it's in your purse. For me, it's on the windshield wiper, right? Little, um, you know, um, what's that thing called that turns on your blinker? It's on the little thing in my car. I never forget it because it's always in my car. Mm. Well, when I walk, when we walk our dogs, I used to always forget doggy bags. Well, I just started tying them to the leash. That's a system. So every single person, right? We have our toothbrush and our toothpaste close to the sink. That way it's top of mind. We brush our teeth at night. Every person has systems. The catch is, right? You know, the problem is that we have systems for the little things in our life, like brushing our teeth that we don't even think about. Those habits have been instilled at us for decades, which is great. The problem is when it comes to business, things that really matter, things that are going to change our life, we let autopilot take over and we don't use the power of systems, the power of habit to better our business, to bet. And we're talking about entrepreneurship today, but obviously you could use this for any area of your life, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know reading the Bible in the morning, spending time with your spouse, send, you know, sending a text to a, uh, your kid. I mean, there's so many things that you can do, not just beyond our business, but a little bit about our story and what got me to this point. Um, I'll, I'll keep it brief because I, I can be chatty. I can be <laughs> long-winded, but in a nutshell, we've been in business for seven years. My husband and I, uh, we actually, and we've been, we've been married only three and a half years. We, we actually started dating only a few weeks into becoming business partners. So we have kind of an unusual start. Wow. I started working with Primerica and I didn't intend for this to be a, a business, for this to be a, a family business, a, a lifelong career. So at the time, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm a, I was finishing my bachelor's at Rochester Institute of Technology, which is in Rochester, New York, RIT. My husband's background's in medicine. I was getting my degree in psychology. I start working with Primerica through an internship program and my husband, you know, my husband always said, I just want to make a hundred grand a year. That's why I want to be a doctor. I just want to make a hundred grand a year. And I told him, I, and, and I'm naive at this point in time, right? I have, I know nothing about business I, at this time. I know nothing about uh, finance, entrepreneurship, but I tell him, I'm like, there's a lot of people here making a hundred thousand, six, you know, six, seven figures a year. I think that you should, you should look at, you know, the company that I'm working with. And again, think at this point in time, I'm not actually trying to recruit him or get him to work with me. I'm just saying, Hey, listen, you should check this out. If that's all you want to do is become financially independent. Well, he's a, I I was, I was an optimist. He was more of a pessimist and he says, no, that's too good to be true. And within a few months, he says, you know, we, we realize that this is, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. We want to have a business. We want to plant our flag here. So we, we started working together even when we were young in our relationship. I mean, we were barely even dating and we started building a business in financial services. And we knew nothing about business, made every mistake under the sun. <laughs> we were full-time when we should have been probably still working another job, made a lot of financial mistakes. But honestly, I think that's why God placed us here is that now we're able to make such a huge difference for people financially because we've mm. lived it. We know, you know, we can, we can absolutely coach people to live beneath their means or to invest and because we've, we've done the opposite and and now we've practiced what we've preached. Mm -hmm. So we started that about seven years ago. We lived in Rochester, New York. 
we got our degrees and, you know, his background was in medicine. I mean, we tried everything under the sun. I mean, I had opportunities in real estate. Colby uh, did medical sales, uh, international medical sales. Um, he worked in hospitals as like a patient care tech. I worked in, in the automotive field. I mean, we just, we were both worked in, in the sports world. So we just had a lot of different experience. And, and I love that because we figured out, you know, what we didn't want. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Tim, I knew what I didn't want more than what I did want. <laughs> right, right. What was the pivotal, uh, the pivotal, uh, I'll say circumstance, or what was the thing that was like, I'll call it your wake up call, maybe. What was that thing that kind of just reached down and boom, okay, this is exactly what we're going to do. And this is why we're going to do it. You know, and then I do want to talk about the systems aspect of why the systems are so important to you and to your company and to building these uh, locations out. But uh, what was that pivotal thing like? What, what did it, how did it show up? For us, we moved, that was about a year ago. We moved from New York to California. I was pregnant with our daughter and have you ever had those pivotal times in your life where it's like, this, this is it. I mean, the mm-hmm. clock is ticking when you're, when you're pregnant, you've literally got a ticking time bomb. Right? I mean, especially with our first child, we're like, this is it. This is our time. And honestly, I'll be really transparent. We were not where we wanted to be. We had been busting our butt for a lot of years, you know, and we were, I mean, making a living, but we were just nowhere near where we wanted to be. And we had, you know, some of our best people quit on us. We had some huge uh, things that we thought were a done deal fall through. And we're just looking at each other, just moved across the country. We literally packed up. We packed up with 12 boxes. We moved our life across the country. My husband, myself, our two dogs were pregnant with, we didn't know she was a girl, but with our daughter at the time. And we're getting here. We're, you know, And California, for those you don't know, is a lot more expensive than upstate New York. So, (laughs) you know, we've got to we've got to make more money. There's no there's no time to figure it out. I mean, we have to make more money to be able to support ourselves and our family. And honestly, Tim, we just were sick and tired of being sick and tired. We are sick and tired of busting our butt six days a week and giving this everything that we got and still not being where we want to be. And you know, it's just, you know, those moments. And I can't say there was one, one event. It's just, there was probably a few months period of time where we're like, this isn't working, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't know if you've ever felt that way. You're at the end of your rope. You can't be working any harder, but you don't have the results you want to have. And we're like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be something that we're missing. And I'll say this quote again, but you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of our systems. And that's what we were missing. We had big goals. We had a big dream. We didn't lack worth at work ethic. You know, we didn't lack, you know, we weren't perfect, but we were hard workers and we were consistent and we had been pounding at our rock for many years. And we just realized through a lot of wisdom of others that there's systems that are in place. We, we can't jump from one thing to another or, oh, wait, I read in this book, this is the new hot yep. thing we got to be doing. You've just got to find a system and stick to it. You've got to have a rock solid morning routine, a rock solid evening routine. You've got to be consistent and have those priorities in order for us. I know this isn't everyone, but for us, our personal beliefs, our priority is God. And then it's our marriage. And then it's our daughter and family life. And then it's our business. But I say that, but it doesn't mean that we're not still working 12 hours a day on our business. Mm -hmm. You got to be willing to have an unbalanced life. So Tim, honestly, I, there wasn't just one day where the light from the heavens shone to you know, down. But for us, it was just, you know, when we moved out here, we just said, this isn't working. We've got to figure this out. And 
And then we're like, okay, we figured it out. And then a month later, you fall again. And we're like, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say that's so true. That's so much our, that's our journey for our entire life. I, I would say this because I, I think there is a moment where you realized all of the things that were going on, you just hit that point of disgust. And Jim Rohn talks yeah. about this is you really, it, it, people don't want to change normally. I mean, you live inside your comfort zone. They don't want to step outside of that, but outside of your comfort zone is where growth actually happens. And you don't step outside of your comfort zone normally until you hit that point of absolute disgust. I'm disgusted with the way my life is going. I'm disgusted with how things are operating. And like you said, there's probably multiple things that led you to that moment of disgust, but without that moment of disgust, you probably wouldn't be where you're at today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you have to, you, you almost have to hate where you are. And I say that with a, with an asterisk that I believe that you can be hungry and humble at the same time. I think you could be hungry and, and grateful at the same time Mm -hmm. that you can be thankful and content and say, I'm, you know, thankful to God for my circumstances today. At the same time, I hate where we are. I hate that. I, we don't have a better life for our family. I want more. I'm thankful. I'm humble, I, you know, but I'm, mm-hmm. I want more and I, I'm willing to fight for more. And honestly, Tim, we wake up every day with that mentality. And some days, I mean, we're running a business. We work together. So, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, we're, I really we're, don't like you today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, life is, I'm not going to pretend here's the thing. I'm not going to pretend like, you, okay, Tim, you just got to find a system and now you have a great morning routine. And now life is every day just gets better and better and better. That's at least for my life, that hasn't been the way it is. We have a system. We say, hey, let's work on our sleep schedule. Let's get up at the same time. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Well, then we fall off. Okay, well, let's get, we got to get to bed earlier. Okay, let's, we got to cut out TV. Hey, we got to keep each other accountable. Hey, let's write down our goals at the end of the day. I mean, we're just constantly getting better. We're constantly failing. We're constantly getting better. Exactly. We're constantly saying we're failing. We're falling. This didn't work. How can we get better? And that's, I think, what successful people and unsuccessful people struggle with the same stuff. Mm. They, they have the same doubt. They have the same fear. They have the same frustrations. They have those days where they're on their knees like, oh, my God, is this ever going to work? But successful people keep pushing. They keep fighting. They keep refining those systems. And ultimately, that's just saying, are you willing to get better every day and not let up, not quit? And, uh, and there's a lot of things that I'm not good at, but that's one thing that I'll never quit. I'll never stop getting better. I'll never stop fighting. I get frustrated sometimes like, man, I want this to happen quicker. I want this to happen faster. I want to be, I want to have this money in my bank account today. You know what? It's all God's timing. And, and I'm just, I'm going to do my part, which is I'm, I'm never going to stop getting better. And that's what systems are all about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought up the whole point of kind of this thankfulness, this, let me use the word contentment, but also you have, and I'll use this word as ambition. Yeah. You, so, so it's that combination of that contentment with that ambition. And I think that's the combination that you were uh, kind of talking about. It's that you have a lot of drive, but yet you're still content. Uh, you're still able to kind of go back and forth on that. So, um, 
let's transition into this because uh, I love hearing how and where you're at. I mean, I think everybody in listening can relate to either they're coming up on a disgusted point, they're in that disgusted point, or they've had that in their lives. So how did you make that transition and how do these systems and how, how does it apply to your leadership and to building out these different offices that you're looking to be able to build out? I know like we have talked re- earlier, we talked, you have two different, one in New York, one in California, goal to build another three there in California. So how are you trans- like how how does this apply? What can somebody practically do or implement in order to be able to help with their business? And then maybe we need to talk about the personal part of it as well, but I'll let you go ahead and lead on that direction. Thank you. And I would say for the leadership side, and you know, like for us, we have this, we have this goal of opening up three new offices. And for anyone who's listening, I mean, your goal obviously might not be identical to mine, but maybe there's that goal that you're really fighting for right now in your life or your business. And, you know, I, not everyone has a sales team. Uh, we've got a sales team. So I'll just speak to that because for me, one of the big turning points for our business was not doing it on our own anymore. There's a, I don't know about you guys. I only have 24 hours in a day. I'm a hard worker, but I can't do everything. I mean, I can't, I can't work with everyone. I can't be in all 50 States. I mean, I'm limited. I, you know, I mean, we all have the same amount of time in the day. So one of the biggest things that I did in regards to leadership was I started spending my time and I still could be a lot better at this, you know, so I'm, I'm preaching to myself, but I started spending my time, my, I call it high impact and low impact. And I started spending those time focusing on developing other people, developing leaders, trying to duplicate myself teaching other people how to be able to be successful in business. And for example, generate sales, find clients. I could find a client and I'll do a great job. But instead of me working with the most people I could work with is maybe five or six people in a day. That's a busy day, but I could work if I want to with five or six clients in a day. Well, great. Let's call it five a day, six days a week. So I can work with 30 clients in a week. I make a heck of a lot of money doing that, but I'm limited. Not to mention, I'm probably exhausted. Eventually, Mm -hmm. the self-employed person is going to burn out or is going to max out. And that's what happened to me. So again, I know that every person's journey is is unique. But just from my own experience, I realized, you know what? Why don't I, maybe instead of working with five clients a day, what if I worked with one client a day? And what if those other four meetings I spent developing leaders? Part of that is, is recruiting and finding people, right? And filter that filtration process, which is probably the most painful in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, is finding the right people that want to win and that want to be held accountable, that want to be coachable. And then of course, developing and mentoring them. And, you know, there, there's nothing special about me, but my team is going to win and they're going to succeed and they're going to want to be held accountable when they see me, their leader being held accountable. And when, when, I tell, I never tell my guys to do something that I don't do. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's easy. The first person that every business owner hires is a sales force. No one wants to make the sales. No one wants to do the hard stuff. Here's the problem. If your people don't see you doing the hard stuff, they're not going to do the hard stuff. And that's the accountability piece is, and again, I know every business is unique, but for yeah. me, I realized I was like, man, I got to get my guys doing more. I got to get my guys doing more. I got to get them more motivated. No, I got to get myself in order and I got to lead by example. I love that you said that about 
the first person everybody hires in your business is the sales because that's the hardest one. Uh, with all of the different businesses I coach, so let's practically break this down just for a quick second. There are companies out there that hire the uh, production guys first because they don't want to do that. Or they hire the, like there's all, whatever that hard thing is in your business that you're, that you're working on right now, whatever business that is, make sure that you're willing to be the servant part of the leader and do some of those hard things right alongside to roll your sleeves up right alongside. I think Quincy, that's what you're talking about, which I love that you're talking about that from a practical application. There's so many businesses and I love that you kind of put the boundaries around. This is what my business is like. And I love that. I know a lot of other businesses that run into some issues uh, because the leader isn't Mm -hmm. willing to do some of the hard stuff and the leader isn't willing to get off their high horse, so to speak, and get down in the trenches and actually do the work. Um, let me add this one other thing, because I thought it was so pertinent. Uh, one of the things that I saw on Facebook, it was a quote that somebody put out there. They said that employees are a reflection of the company. And there was a lot of discussion back and forth on that, whether that's true, not true. How does this work? What about all these things? And I think for the most part, in the general terms, yes, employees do ha- carry the reflection of the company. But if you take that step or take that one step further, the company is a reflection of the leader. Mm. And I thought that was really powerful because if the company is willing to serve the employees, then the employees will reflect that company and the leader is willing to serve the company. It all comes back to that leader aspect and the leader, or I should say the company is truly the reflection of the leader, which then just trickles on down to everybody else. So yeah, exactly. I, I, it, it's well, and so, Tim, everyone wants to be the leader. Everyone wants to coach the team and yep. and reap the rewards, but very few people want to get their hands dirty. I think it's a. I think it might be a Thomas Edison quote, but if I'm mistaken, I apologize. <laughs> something about, and this is a paraphrase, but something about um, everybody wants opportunity. You know, everyone says they're looking for opportunity, but most people will miss it because opportunity wears overalls and looks like work. And, <laughs> that's truth. You that's know, so and true, that's yeah. the thing is everyone wants to be a leader. Everyone wants to be a coach. Everyone wants to motivate, but they're not willing to get their hands dirty and do the hard work themselves. They say, well, I'm a, like you mentioned high horse. I'm a business owner. I'm a business yep. owner because I, I can delegate and I, my time is so valuable. Well, you got to earn that right. Mm-hmm. And I'm a believer that you got to be a servant leader. I'm not saying you got to answer phone calls and cold call every day for the rest of your life, but you got to get in the trench trenches at least for a period of time until your business is is passive and residual in a, in a way where you've got other leadership in place that can create other leaders. Because yep. if your leaders can't create other leaders, then they're not leaders. And if you can't create a leader, then you're not a leader, right? So, right. so it, you have, there's, there's a day one when you don't have anyone and it's just you and you've got to get in the trenches at one point in time. You don't yep. have to be there forever, but most people aren't willing to do that if we're honest. Yep. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And let me just dispel this one thing, because I know I get a lot of kickback when I start talking about servant leaders, because the immediate thought that most people have in society when they think about servant leaders is means that you just become whim to every desire that your employees have or your, any desire that your customers have, and you beca- basically become a doormat. And that is not what a true servant leader is. A true servant leader meets the needs of their employees, they meet the needs of their customers, not the wants of their employees or customers. Mm. And that is a big difference between what society thinks a servant leadership is versus what the actual servant leader does. Because obviously, 
You, I mean, you think about just from a parenting standpoint, how often do your kids come to you and beg for candy? <laughs> you know, like they always want the candy. They always want the sweets, but you know, that's not what they need. They need the good stuff. They need the training. They need the discipline. And that's what a leader is there for. That's what a true servant leader is there is you provide for the needs, not the wants. You're absolutely right. A good parent disciplines because they love, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, you know, where it might not always be what the kid wants. And a lot of it's humility too. Mm. You know, like you mentioned that people might have that picture in their mind. that's just, you're running around being a doormat for everybody. It's not all just literal service. Now, sometimes it is, it's action, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's also just the humility Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're willing to be in the trenches with people. You, you know, you're empathizing, you know, you're, you know, you're, you understand what your people are going through. And, you know, you say, Hey, I'm never going to ask you to do something you haven't done. When I, you know, most companies, when they do an orientation with their people, it's, this is our company. This is mm-hmm. our morals. This is our rules. This is our, you conform to us. When I do an orientation with my guys, I say, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do tell them, of course, I have expectations. And I say, this is what right. I expect from you. And then I ask them, I say, what do you expect from me? What do you want from me? Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to give them everything they want, but I do want to, <laughs> I, I, I want to ask. And, right, I, and, I, right. and I'll tell them, assuming, right, it's reasonable and we're on the same page. I'll say, I'm going to expect this from you. And if you don't do this, can I help keep, can I keep you accountable? Mm-hmm. If you, you say this is important to you, if you don't do this, do I have your permission to keep you accountable? Mm. And, and they say, yes. And I say, great. And I say, if, you, if I am ever not doing what I'm asking you to do, you have permission in a respectful way, of course, to, to call me out as well. And I think that, you know, that's an example maybe of, 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 of being a, a leader that can be humble, not weak, I still have expectations. You could be tough. You can be, yep. you can be hard on your people. At the same point, you say, listen, we're, none of us are perfect. Just because I'm in a leadership role, you can have expectations of me too. And I'm not going to let you down. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. And that's the type of person that people want to follow. And we can all yeah. be like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. I th- I th- actually, this gives us a really great transition into this whole system. So let's say, obviously, somebody's listening and they said, man, I, I need that. I need to have the systems. I need to have some of these things, the training, the part. Can you give us, and maybe I'm putting you on the spot here, so I apologize in advance, but <laughs> can, can you give us like, okay, here's three things, four things that you should do in order to be able to have and create systems for your leaders, develop leaders. Can you give us something like that? Yes. So I, you're forgiven in advance, right? That yeah, thanks. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so three things that, you know, that, three systems that you can give to make sure I heard you right, Tim, three systems you can give to your team to help them develop better systems. Right. Just give me some practical steps. So whether that's yeah. developing the system, whatever you've got, because that's what, that's where people, they're like, Hey, I, I, I love it. I'm buying in. I'm totally bought in. I know I need them. Now, what do I do? Absolutely. So I would say you've got to have, you've got to be willing to be held accountable and that's for yourself and your people. You can ask your people to be held accountable as long as you're willing to do that. So having some sort of accountability tracking. What we do for our team is every single Saturday, people check in and they tell us what they're going to do in the next seven days. Non-negotiable, what can I hold them accountable for? Hey, maybe I'm going to make three sales. Maybe I'm going to make 50 new contacts. That's something that's measurable. That's straightforward. You could do that for yourself. Maybe say, Quincy, I don't have a team. Do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. So accountability. And, and obviously put it on paper. Don't put it in your head and say, yeah, this week, maybe I'll try to make 15. No, no, no. It's not a maybe. It's a non-negotiable. 
and, and tell someone, even if you don't have anyone you're in business with, tell your spouse, tell your kids, mm-hmm. your kids keep you accountable like no one else. <laughs> Daddy, how did, how did that sale go this week? Did you make, you know, I mean, so, yep. so do whatever you have to do. So have some accountability. Mm-hmm. You also need to have your priorities in order. And what I mean by that is that goes beyond business. You know, for us, I easily, I, I have a lot of, I used to have a lot of guilt and frustration when I'm at home. I, I'm thinking about business because I didn't do what I needed to do at work. When I'm at business, I'm thinking about my daughter. I'm thinking about my husband because I'm, man, do I work too much? You've got to have your priorities in order. And when you work, you've really got to work. So you've got to figure out whatever it is. Maybe it's limiting distractions. Maybe it's getting up, you go to the office first thing in the morning. A lot of us are working from home right now. Well, if you're prone to a lot of distractions, maybe you go to a, a Starbucks or, you know, you, you figure it out. Maybe you put yourself in a position where your priorities are in order, but at the same time, you've got to have undisturbed work time. Mm-hmm. That might sound like that's not very profound advice. Most salespeople, if they're honest, they might say they work 10 hours in a day, but did they really? <laughs> Right. I mean, people, we get distracted and now working from home, it's easier than ever to fool yourself into thinking that you're working when you're not. So be accountable, have your priorities, but also be smart about your time management. Um, And um, gosh, there was one other thing that was on my mind. So was the time management number three or was that underneath of the priorities in order? Yeah, I would say I, I was actually that kind of flowed into another, but yeah, I would say that that's third is, is, is time management is know exactly Oh, that's the last point I was going to make under time management is plan your day out. This is just a practical tip. It changed my life. It changed our business. Doesn't sound like much. Plan your day out the night before. Now, if you really want to get advanced, you plan your week out the week before. You plan your month out. You plan your year out. But let's just start slow. Plan your day out the night before. On -hmm. Monday, you should know what Tuesday is going to look like. And you should know, I know on Tuesday morning, what is a successful day for me at the end of the day? Like, what do I have to accomplish today for it to be a success? And here's what's going to happen when chaos <laughs> happens inevitably and life gets crazy <laughs> and you're putting out fires and getting back to that urgent email. That's business. Sometimes we do have to put out fires, but if you keep your non-negotiables, your priority, if you keep the main thing, the main thing, you're going to have a lot more structure and discipline in your life. And that's a system planning out your day Absolutely. the night before. So those are just a few tips. I hope that helps. That totally, totally helps. And um, <laughs> like, these are awesome things. So one of the things, and I'll just share this because I'm sure that you do this as well as far as planning your day out, time blocking, those kinds of things. One of the main things that I have found that has helped me stay consistent with some of the content creation that I have is I have a daily or sorry, a monthly checklist. In other words, I'm going to write two articles this month. I'm going to do four podcasts this month. I'm going to guest on three other podcasts. Like I have very specific goals on what I'm going to do. And I literally keep them right here on my whiteboard right next to me, right when I sit at the desk and I check them off every time. And then I time block the week. Mondays are my content creation days. That's when I write articles and that's when I do the podcast. That's why we record on Mondays and then they get published on Wednesdays. <laughs> so that's, mm-hmm. the re- that's why we do what we do there. And that's, and that's exactly how we run our business and we're not perfect at it. Right. And uh, I, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, systems are, you, you never, or I've never met anyone who's arrived. So I actually, what you were just talking about the month, to be honest, that's something I need to get better at. I'm pretty, I'm pretty darn good at the day and the week, but the month 
uh, you know, I, I could be even better at, but we do that as well. And here's the thing. How do you know what your day's supposed to look like? Right, Tim, if you don't know what your month's supposed to look like. Exactly. exactly. So it's kind of casting out that vision, right? Yep. Yeah. And whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whether it's business building, whether it's production, if you're making a product or you're doing a service for others, if you're in the cleaning business, whatever business you're in, it's so important to be able to put down those goals, those objectives, which is what you talked about at the beginning of this and having those goals there. And then you create, that's why I love this kind of like this one, two punch. One, the goals, which you talked about, which are emotional, but then when you have a bad day, you rely back on the system and whether it's a daily activity sheet, it's time blocking, it's planning your week out, or even just holding yourself accountable to somebody that you trust, all those is what gives us the system. And I love, love, love what you said uh, on each one of these points. I mean, shoot, we could probably talk about each one of these things for about an hour, but <laughs> people would get bored and they'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't, uh, we won't do that to everyone, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I, I'd say, you know, one, one thing, if I could say to anyone that's listening is, if you just feel, if you have those days, maybe that's today, maybe, maybe you've had those days where you just, you're like, man, am I, is, is this ever going to work? Is this ever going to click? I'm spinning my wheels. I'm busting my butt. What am I doing wrong? Now I can't speak for obviously your business or, you know, you know, what product or service you have, but I, we have all been there mm -hmm. and successful people and unsuccessful people have the same bad days. I'd argue successful people have more bad days because yep. they keep pushing through those but we have the same bad days. We have the same doubts in our minds. We have the same, like systems are tough. Systems are a blessing and a curse because you, you start a new system, you start a new habit and you're feeling great. You're like, man, I'm waking up at 6am every day. This is change. And then you fall off or you make a mistake or you, you know, you have a few, you have a few days where you lose it. And it can be so discouraging to feel like you're right back to the starting point, but you're not, yeah. you're getting better every day. So even if you feel like am I the only one? Am I the only one that can't figure this out? Am I the only one? You're not the only one, but you do have to just keep getting better. Everyone wants to make the crazy habit transformation change overnight. <laughs> it very rarely does it work that way. Right. But if you get 1% better every year, you're going to be a few hundred percent better in a year. Yep. And we all know how quickly time flies. Yep. So if you haven't read the book, Atomic Habits, <laughs> um, that you know, I'm sure that people on your podcast have talked about that a hundred times. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yep. That, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, this isn't from my brain, right? Successful people just duplicate other successful people. Mm -hmm. And that's one applicable thing that everyone could do is read that book. And, um, and cause they, they talk all about habits and systems. So that's something yeah. I forgot to mention earlier. No, that's good. That's good. Actually, it's, it ties right into one of the questions I ask every podcast. And I usually like to surprise them because I like to hear the real, uh, every guest that I have here on the podcast, because I like to hear the real, real replies. But I always say, what would be your number one book that you would recommend? And then inevitably people come back, well, I can't pick just one. So I'll give you the chance. I don't know if Atomic Habits is your number one book or if you've got others. So I'll give you the chance to kind of speak to that. Um, I, I just love books. I love hearing the recommendations. So um, I don't know if this counts or uh, if this is going to get edited out later, but if I had to recommend one book, that's an easy one for me, Tim. It's the Bible. <laughs> the only <laughs> book where the author loves me. <laughs> um, no, but, um, but that's it. I mean, that's, that's the most important book in my I life. I promise uh, you, I will not edit that out. That is one of the key elements of everything. I, you're talking about a book that was written approximately 2000 years ago that has principles that we apply on a daily basis to every aspect of our life. So whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, there is no other book that has more educational content as far as how to live your life 
than, than the Bible. I mean, go back to the Psalms and to the Proverbs, whether it's finances or relationships, whether it's a smart business ideas or a community accountability, there are so many key lessons that are there and it is a powerful business book more than I can speak to any other. So let me just echo your recommendation. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So that it's funny. I'm like, man, I don't have to, I don't have to think about that at all. You know, I mean, that is, <laughs> yeah. that's um, you know, that's the book, you know, and a few fun facts about it. My, our pastor talks all the time, but for someone who says, man, I, you know, some, that's some religious thing or that's some fairy tale book. I'll tell you what, that is breathed out by God. It is true. We can trust what's been written down. It's, it's not a, it's not a fairy tale. It's not a, you know, I mean, it's, it's reliable. It's a, it's historically proven. It's archaeologically proven. It's 66 documents written by 40 eyewitnesses from mm. all different walks of life, fishermen, canes, shepherds, military men, doctors, tax collectors, religious leaders written over the course of 1500 years, three languages across three continents, 13 different countries about supernatural events, 303, 300, excuse me, 332 specific prophecies all written out about the life of Jesus, every single one of them fulfilled with zero contradictions. And if there was another book that even had one prophecy that was uh, <laughs> that was fulfilled, that would be my second favorite book, but nothing even comes close. Well, so. And, you know, so here's the other thing too, and this is what I love about the book, is it's filled with stories and we can mm -hmm. learn so much from people's life story. I mean, whether we're reading autobiographies or biographies, we I have a book, book shelf that has just one shelf dedicated to biographies, right? And the reason why we read biographies, I don't just read the ones of people that did great things, but I also read people that failed miserably, that mm -hmm. were just terrible at things. I mean, I have Adolf Hitler's book, awful guy, terrible guy. But even in the books, we can always read about the stories. And there's two stories that we look at. Number one is, what did this person do that is great that I want to follow and emulate and be an example? But then we also want to learn from what is the person that I don't want to be anything like that. I don't want to be anything. I don't want to be a betrayer. I don't want to be known as that. I don't want to. So what, what can I avoid? So I love that. Oh man, I, we could probably talk a long time just about that point. So let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. And there's not enough time in this lifetime to learn it all yourself. So right. save yourself the trouble. And like you were saying, Tim, learn from other people's stories. Exactly. And Sometimes people will ask, you know, we started in business really young. I was only 19. My husband was 20 when we started in business. And people would ask us all the time, well, how do you, how did you know that? And you don't have the life experience. I said, you're right. But mm -hmm. I can learn from other people's life experience. I could borrow it. And what I can do is I could collapse time frames mm -hmm. if I'm willing to learn from, like you said, the, not just the successes, but also the mistakes of mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Inevitably, we're going to have our own mistakes to learn from, yeah. but we yeah. can limit those if we're willing to learn from others. I love that you have a whole shelf of autobiographies. I need to emulate that. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I can even give you some examples later off the air. Um, but awesome, awesome stuff. So we've got the books. Um, I don't I didn't even feel like I need to do a takeaway because it's all about the systems. Like what is the one thing that you need to learn? You, you're probably going to say this and I'll give you a chance, but my guess is that you would say you need to implement systems and hold yourself accountable to those systems. I would think that that's your one takeaway. Is it, or do you have something different? Yeah, I would say that that is the main takeaway and to focus on one at a time, focus on one that can domino effect into the other. For me, for my husband and I, a lot of that was our sleep schedule. When we, when we just focused, and again, this might sound simplistic, but I'll tell you, it's powerful. If you just focus on one system, 
Cause I know it's tempting when you're thinking like, yep. man, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to change my, my eating and my, my working out. And, and you can do that, but, and I, <laughs> I'm guilty of that trying to change everything at once, pick one or two things. For us, we focused a lot on our evening, on our sleep, our morning routine, our evening routine. When we go to bed, when to wake up. Well, what that did, if we woke up early, we we read scripture in the morning together. We ate healthier because we had time to make a good breakfast. We worked out because we had time. We weren't rushing out the door. Mm -hmm. I wasn't frustrated or anxious or rushing out the door because I woke up early. I planned my day. I, You know what I mean? So it's like yep. one event, for example, waking up early can compound into a dozen other positive choices. Yep. Working out is like that. So try to focus on one or two small things that can just totally compound into positive habits and changes in the rest of your day. Don't expect to be perfect. Don't expect it should just be on the up and up forever. Know that you're going to have setbacks and just get back on the horse and know that you're not alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let me give you one other piece of advice in this because I can echo everything that Quincy just said. But one other thing that I'm going to say put them in categories. And if you put them into categories, I would believe, and this is my own coaching philosophy, but there's four core foundations in your life that you need to continue to work on to grow. Physical, what are you doing for your body? Eating, exercising. Mental, what are you learning? Socially, how are you building your relationships? And then spiritually, how are you taking your core? How are you taking care of the inner being of who you are? And those four areas, if you just set one thing per day about each of those four areas, you'll be amazed at the changes that you can make. That's so powerful. And then that's really about getting those priorities in order to. Absolutely. Absolutely about that. All right. So how can people get in touch with you, Quincy? Um, we'll definitely put this stuff in the notes. Uh, love the recommendations. Uh, but how can people get in contact with you and say, hey, I, I need help with my finances or I need this. I have this problem. Maybe you can actually do that. What problem do you help people solve? And then how can they get in contact with you? Thank you for asking that, Tim. And do you mean in regards to my business or in regards to the systems, what we're talking about? The, how do they get in contact with you for your business? As well, I mean, oh, yes. you can so, share so the systems, the problem, but yeah. Some of the problems, I, I just wasn't sure if you asked about our business per, in, in particular, yeah. but that's some of the problems that we solve. Uh, so we work with people to make sure that they're not taken advantage of financially. No one thinks that that's them, but we help people to save money, uh, to, to be able to not just put away more money for the future, but also make sure that they've got an income distribution plan in retirement, that mm -hmm. they've got a strategy to become debt-free. Uh, we're in a financial world where everyone has products. Everyone has a 401k. Everyone has an insurance policy. Everyone's got products. Very few people have a strategy and a plan. Mm -hmm. And if you could, if you listen to even five minutes of our conversation here with Tim and I, I'm a big believer in systems. I'm a big believer in planning. <laughs> and uh, so, so that transitions, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about the financial planning is I believe if, if we can have a strategy in place, uh, it's something that doesn't have to be a stressor. Mm -hmm. um, which unfortunately finances and money is a huge stressor for most people. So getting in contact with me, um, LinkedIn um, is one of the easiest ways. My name is Quincy Fox. Um, I, I, my middle initial is on there, Quincy D Fox. Um, and you can find me under money made simple. Um, Tim, do you also want me to share like a phone number, specific contact if, info or whatever you're willing to share? I mean, most people aren't willing to share their phone numbers because they're like, I don't want people calling me, but if you're willing to share a phone number, I'll let you. Honestly, I am because yeah. if someone's going to call me, they're serious about having a conversation. Most people yeah. aren't. <laughs> so if someone is, I'm willing to, to, to go ahead to and share it. That's totally fine. So yeah. My, my area code is 805-764-1044.
most people aren't going to call, but if someone's serious enough to ask a question, I'm kind of, I, I prefer talking to someone over the phone by the time I'm texting or emailing someone, it takes 20 email threads mm-hmm. to do what a two minute phone call would do. So right, right. I'm a little bit old school in that way. I'd rather just pick up the phone. If someone's serious about having a conversation, I'd love, and you know, and it's a little more personal too. So yeah. that's it's- my phone number 805-764-1044. Yeah. And it's interesting. And I'll just be frank with you to watch the generations. My son is 18. He hates texting, hates email. He likes to talk on the phone and I see cycles coming back. A lot of people are coming back, especially younger generations are coming back to the actual, they want to talk. It's no longer about the texting. It's about the talking. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I love that. I love that. Awesome. So yeah, we, we, uh, we, there's a time and a place for it, but yeah, when we're talking about serious stuff, it's, there's no, what we're doing right now, Tim. I mean, there's no substitute for real conversation. And if we could be in person together, I, I would love that. Right. Maybe one of these days we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. we'll get to visit you in Michigan. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, Quincy, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Um, powerful stuff. I love the whole idea about the systems and the fact that this quote, and let me, let me re-say this quote one more time, because I absolutely loved what you said there at the very beginning. You don't rise to the level of your goal. You fall to the level of your systems. I think out of everything, that one, I just loved it. So I'm going to put that out there again. I appreciate that. Appreciate your time. Um, man, if you're just listening to this podcast for the very first time, we talked a whole lot about isolations or making sure that you weren't feeling alone go back and listen to one of the previous podcasts, my journey from the imposter to to hero syndrome, go back and listen to some of the stuff about not being alone, overcoming some of your fears. But if you have challenges in regards to finances, Quincy, give you her phone number. (laughs) Reach out and and talk to her because that's pretty rare. Most people aren't willing to be that real. And I really am thankful that Quincy is able to do that and willing to be able to do that. So thank you again. And until next time, we shall see you. Uh, Make sure you keep dreaming big and putting together your systems. Goodbye. Thank you for the time, Tim. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks. Wanted to say thanks again for joining into our conversation. You know, one of the things that I've seen across the board, whether you're a business leader, owner, entrepreneur, or even a leader, is the struggles that we go through and feeling like we're all alone. We've created a class, a workshop type class called MentorMind, where we meet for six months. In that six months, you were able to meet and talk with other people that are going through much of the same situation, same scenarios, same challenges, And it gives us a great way to be able to connect, grow, support, and encourage each other. And if you've often felt like there's no one else that you can share with, let me invite you to MentorMind, where you can share some of the challenges, come up with solutions, and be able to live the best life that you have. We'll talk soon, guys.